Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board the WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe McGranahan is directly across from me. Rob Center is at his appointed position, and he is our fabulous producer, so we appreciate his help and hard work on the mark. is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, a family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street, Sunbury, and Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. Now, we'll hear lots of more about the Sunbury Motor Company as the hour per Progresses, but you can check out sunburymotors.com right now. Later this morning, we'll open up the phone lines, but you can send us an email now on the mark at wkokid.com, and you can text us at 70236. We have asked for and received a call from State Representative Linda Schlegel-Culver of the 85th District, one of the Republicans in Harrisburg representing the Central Susquehanna Valley. Good morning, Representative Culver. Thanks for calling in today. Morning, Linda. Yep. Good morning. And it's the 108th District, just so we don't get confused. Oh, I flipped you uh, over to across the river, <laughs> didn't I? Sorry about that. Yeah. Oh my Mark's God. having trouble hanging on to facts these days, Linda. Never mind. <laughs> okay. Well, welcome to Friday. Welcome to Friday, <laughs> I'm right. Just kidding. <laughs> End of just the week. Just kidding. Little joke there. All right. Well, thanks so much for calling in. Uh, this uh, COVID-19 topic that popped up in Harrisburg, one state representative had it and quarantined, and so did some of the other individuals who were fairly close to him. Uh, Democrats expressing outrage, to use the words that the Associated Press is uh, talking about. Your view on this, what, what happened is f- from your perspective, and what's your view on the, uh, the politicalization of this that might be happening? So, I mean, in all honesty, none of us truly know what happened at this point. Uh, we were in the middle of caucus yesterday, and we are still caucusing virtually um, when it was abruptly halted. And we knew something was going on. We just weren't sure what at that point. Um, and, of course, you know, nothing stays a secret very long. So rumors started to swirl that there were members who had tested positive for COVID, and then there was rumors that it was Republican members. Um, so till late in the afternoon, um, it was determined that there were, I think, four Republican House members, uh, one tested positive, and I think three in quarantine, um, unbeknownst to any of us, Democrats, Republicans. I don't know what leadership knew or didn't know, and I think that remains to be seen as we go through this week. Um, you know, the individuals themselves, it's up to them. I mean, we do have the ability to work remotely uh, for whatever reason right now, you know, because of the COVID-19 crisis. So uh, people do take advantage of that for many different reasons. And I, I think today's going to be an interesting day for us to figure out, you know, well, what happened, how it happened, and um, why it leaked out the way it did to everybody as opposed to maybe a general announcement. Did you happen to see Representative Sims' profanity-laced diatribe about the Republican, gerrymandered Republican leadership who ought to be, all be in jail? 
I did see that last night. Um, and, you know, he's an emotional guy, and he, he wears his emotions right on his sleeve. He doesn't hide anything. And um, I'm not surprised that that's his response. But at the same time, I mean, I think we need to – we don't rush to judgment. Um, I think we need to take a moment, um, pause. I think that's, you know, the big thing these days is take a moment and pause see what's going on, uh, and then let's react appropriately. Well, Mike Straub, do you know him? I do not. Oh, he's a House Republican spokesman. He said in an email, and I'll quote, and this is oh, from... Straub, Straub, yeah. Straub, yeah. yeah, this is from Penn Live this morning. He said, we followed data and science implementing the guidelines from the CDC and the PA Department of Health in line with exactly what Governor Wolf requires from any business that wishes to operate. Anyone who met those guidelines was notified and quarantined. Under HIPAA, do you notify everybody if somebody has something? So, and that's the thing. I mean, that's been one of the um, big controversies. And yesterday, it was one of the bills that we had a controversy about. Um, One of our House members had children in an elementary school um, down in the Philadelphia area. One of the children in the school had traveled to Italy, uh, was ended up quarantined, and the parents wanted to know what the test results were. So the argument yesterday on the floor was, do you inform the other parents what the test results were? And they were saying yes, so the parents know how to appropriately, you know, protect their children. You don't have to tell us who the child was, just that there was somebody in the building. So I think that's where the concern lies. You know, this is a really emotional issue. Um, some people don't believe that this is actually real. And some people are, you know, we should never leave our homes till we have a vaccination. So you have to be, I mean, everybody has that individual choice. and. We have to learn to respect everybody's wishes. We just have to be careful because there are people that, you know, are vulnerable and that we do put at risk. And we have to remember that when we're going out. Well, the Wolf administration, I'm sorry, Mike, I know you got a question. The Wolf administration has been criticized for not putting enough information out there. And now the Democrats are blasting the Republicans for not putting enough information out there. Isn't this hypocritical? It's, uh, you know, this is one of those issues where everyone thinks they have the right answer, uh, and then they forget what they're demanding of other people. Um, yeah, I mean, we've been very critical, um, the public and, and us as well, as to the information we're getting, because, you know, our emergency responders and um, the like have said if we had a little more information, it would be easier for us to respond or, you know, prepare ourselves when responding. So. I think it's a society. Um, this is our first pandemic together, hopefully our last, but it's a good lesson enough on how to prepare and how we can be more honest. I know they don't want pandemonium and they don't want people going after the individual that may have uh, COVID, but in the same vein, there is a, a responsibility for all of us so we all know what we're dealing with. Well, what is your reaction? You've been a nonpartisan, objective uh, commenter and observer and information provider on this. What's your reaction to finding out that uh, one of the people that you were working with uh, two weeks ago tested positive and declined to tell you? So, I mean, according to the information that I've read, because I haven't, we haven't talked yet, we haven't had any direct information. Um, he was not feeling good and he hadn't been back since. Um, so I don't know that he exposed us on the floor according to what I read yesterday. Um, but there were other members who I was with last Thursday at a hearing um, that were exposed and were not wearing masks sitting next to me last Thursday. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening with that. Um, 
Well, the you question know, uh, the question is, what's your reaction? <laughs> so, you know, I'm a little bit of a slow reactor. I like to sort of digest everything before I react. Um, you know, and I've been saying, you know, wearing the mask is sort of a false sense of security. Some people think that you wear the mask and you're not going to get COVID, and that couldn't be further from the truth. You wear the mask out of respect for everybody around you. And I'm, I try to be cognizant of that. Um, and, you know, not everybody has the same respect for everybody around them. And, again, um, they have a different feeling on it. So I think if you knew you were exposed, um, it's upon you to take those precautions to protect everybody else because you don't want it to continue to spread. You don't know who they're around that's vulnerable. Um, so I, I think as human beings, this is a good lesson in learning to respect each other. Um, and, and this might be one of those moments where this is a good lesson for each of us. Um, today, you know, the details will come out. I'm sure we'll have a very, very long caucus uh, with a lot of questions on, you know, the hows, the whys, and, you know, about the reaction. And, you know, maybe our leadership just found out yesterday. Do you know what I mean? So we don't know any of those facts yet. So it's, it's hard to respond. Uh, when we don't actually know what's going on. Well, there's published reports that he told leadership right away. Well, what, uh, the State Department of Health has a guideline for individuals that are coming in a... Wor- now, this is for a workplace. And I wouldn't call the State House precisely a workplace, although it is probably some days for it you. Is. Right. Uh, it says that if somebody's exposed within the workplace, you should close off areas visited by the person who's the probable or confirmed case of COVID-19, open outside doors and windows, use ventilation fans to increase air circulation, wait a minimum of 24 hours, and then begin a thorough cleaning and disinfection. Do you know if any of that happened yet where where uh, Representative Lewis was uh, working and where he was on the, you know, like sort of near his seat on the House floor? Uh, all I know um, is you're not going to be opening any windows on the House floor. Um <laughs> So, you know, we've always had that conversation. When one of us gets sick, we all get sick because there's not a great ventilation system on the House floor. Um, Supposedly, every night after we leave, uh, they do do a thorough cleaning um, of the chamber and of the common areas of the Capitol. As you know, the Capitol is not open to the public yet. It's only open to, you know, House members and essential staff. Um, Those areas are supposedly cleaned and disinfected every night. It's a huge building, um, you know, with a lot of old surfaces and um, cracks and crevices and, you know, detailed work. And I I don't know what happened because, again, we haven't met yet today. I would hope that they, you know, did do what they said they would do every night after everybody left. But, um, yeah, I mean, as you know, I mean, I've said this since it started. I, I expect a resurgence because as you're with your family or as you go back to the workplace, and you're with the people you're with every day, you start to relax a little bit. You might not wear the mask as much because let's face it, I've not heard one person say, boy, I love wearing this mask, it's so comfortable. (laughs) Um, It's hot, it makes you thirsty, you know, it dries your nose out. Um, I have a whole new respect for anybody in the medical or any profession that has to wear them. so people do start to get relaxed and a little lazy with, with the protocols. I mean, you remember at the beginning how much you washed your hands and, and think about now how much you wash your hands. Um, but we have to make sure we stay, you know, kind of diligent. Don't make yourself crazy over this. But stay diligent and um, just be smart. You know, we, we go back to, I say this repeatedly, do you remember when your grandparents used to say, wash up before dinner and <laughs> sort of mm-hmm. balked about it? How many people actually do that today? 
there might have been something to um, you know them saying that. So yeah, I mean, I'm not an overreactor by nature. Um, I'm concerned. I, I, I'd like to see the facts today as to how this was handled and to make sure we handled it appropriately. Um, so it, I think today today will be be a tell as to. You know, did we do the right thing? Um, should we have informed more people? I, I'm not sure on that yet. Well, whose who's um, responsibility I, is that, Linda? For, here's my question. He went, He was tested. He didn't feel well. He went to the doctor, I assume, and he was tested, and the test came back positive. So what happens after that? What is? What are his responsibilities as opposed to the responsibilities of the testing organization or physician? Who's responsible for making sure that there's contact tracing? Who's responsible for making sure that other people who may have been uh, in contact with him are notified? Is he responsible or are the medical professionals responsible? I don't think the medical professionals are responsible. I think actually they sort of, um, for lack of a better word, kind of have that gag order where, you know, there's the HIPAA laws in place. Um, I would think it'd be the Department of Health. I, I think his positive would be reported to the Department of Health. I don't know how much contact tracing they're doing anymore um, just because there's so many cases. In the beginning, they were doing individual tracing. Um, I'm not sure what they're doing now. And that's been some of the controversy that we've been having is how much of that tracing do you do? Uh, it is a virus. You know, viruses are very catchy. They, um, it, it's hard to control them. You know, it's, it's an invisible, unseen um, thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, I think we're learning, I mean, as we go, and I think it's incumbent upon the individual who has it to quarantine, um, to inform, you know, their workplace or their church place or wherever they've been um, so that they can inform everybody around them. Um, and, you know, if you have somebody who's in a, a vulnerable position, that they can talk to their physician and they're monitored carefully. Um, you know, we don't want any more people added to the death rolls, and we want people to recover safely and um, there has to be a certain amount of exposure. And, you know, we talk about the science. The science changes almost every other day. We're, we're still learning. Um, so we have to apply some common sense to this and try our best. But, again, I think it goes back to that individual respect for each other and trying to, respect, you know, protect each other from this virus or, you know, anything that comes from it. Do you have any idea what information is passed on to the Department of Health when somebody tests positive for coronavirus? In other words, would it say uh, Mark Lawrence uh, has received, has been tested positive for coronavirus, or would it say Mark Lawrence, broadcaster who speaks, who preaches at his church on Sundays and who uh, visits um, elderly people in their home? Would it would it say that a state representative had tested positive? None would of that, which is true. No, no, none of it's anyway, true. But I mean, would would the health department uh, have access to that information? Would they know that this was a state representative, and would they be responsible? Would they be the responsible party for taking some kind of action to ensure that the rest of you were safe? I don't think so. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I honestly don't think so. Um, I don't know how much information they actually get. If they just get, you know, patient number, blah, 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 had it in this area, this address, or they actually get the name of the individual. I believe they actually get the name of the individual because they haven't wanted to release that. Um, but I don't think they get any more than that, which, you know, the governor's talked about this um, COVID Conservation Corps um, that would probably do some of that tracing, do some of that um, data collection. Um, but, 
yeah, at this point, I don't think so. All right. Uh, can uh, anything else about uh, that case of COVID-19? I, I don't want to switch gears and leave something on the table that you'd like to say. No, I mean, this is kind of an evolving story, as you know, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot more that comes out on it. Um, everyone's going to have an opinion, but until we actually have the facts of it, I don't think we can rush to judgment. So I think today's going to be an interesting day for all of us, and we're all anxious um, to get into that caucus room today and find out what happened. I'm going to say to you what I've said to some other lawmakers who called in. How are you going to personally make sure that this doesn't ever happen again? Not a <laughs> pandemic itself, but the state's reaction and the pushback and people saying the governor's overstepping and individuals, you know, most generally the population has, you know, begrudgingly gone along with what the pre- what the governor has said. Um, how are you going to make sure that we don't get into this situation again? So, I mean, no, I can't. If I'm being honest, I can't make sure that we won't get into this exact situation again. Um, what we've done since the beginning um, is we've kept a running list of things that have worked really well, things that maybe could have been tweaked, and things that we didn't think worked well at all. Um, and when the crisis is over and you can look back on it and you can say, well, wait a minute, that may have worked better than we thought it did, or oh, that did not work well at all, then we can work together, at, you know, the House, the Senate, the judiciary, you know, the executive branch, sit down and figure out how do we prepare for the next pandemic or crisis and work more together on it. Um, The governor has been in an impossible position. Um, You know, working on science, like we said, changes every day. Um, trying to keep Pennsylvania safe, uh, trying to keep the economy going. Um, There's a really fine balance between the two. Um, Of course, people are going to be super critical um, because we live in an area where there's not a lot of cases, so you're not seeing um, what maybe they're seeing in Philadelphia. So our our level of uh, panic or our level of fear is much different. Um, We have counties where there's four cases. of course they don't think we should have lockdown like we did so uh we are going to be cognizant you know we've always discussed how diverse pennsylvania is um and this is a really good example if you look at that map of where COVID is of how diverse we are um and you know he did a really good job at the beginning of you know kind of responding as it spread and he's trying to do the same thing now um i you know we wish he would move faster and i know that uh your lawmakers your county commissioners and your municipal leaders now are meeting and talking and you know talking to the governor's office about how do we get northumberland and union county to go green um but safely um because you know our numbers have been climbing in northumberland county so we're watching that closely but i think you know the best thing we can do at this point is continue to communicate with each other, keep track of what works well and what didn't, and then reevaluate. And it might be a few years until we fully know the policies that were implemented, how they actually worked. Um, but we have to be diligent, and that's why we're all taking pretty good notes. Um, and we're keeping it in a central database, at least the House Republicans are, and I'm assuming the Democrats are doing the exact same thing. Um, so that when we when this is over, we can sit down and figure out how do we plan better for the future. All right. Well, thank you. Anything else to say about anything else at all? You have an open mic here. We'll let you go. We really appreciate your checking in this morning. Anything to add to our conversation? 
So, you know, I mean, our economy is struggling. Snyder and Montour County are opening back up, but don't forget, uh, we still have restaurants that are going to need you to do takeout for them mm-hmm. and support them. Um, all of our fire companies are struggling because any of the fundraising events they may have had or carnivals are not happening at this point. Um, so if anybody has any free time on their hands or airfields, generous, you know, to give a donation to um, any of those people from our healthcare to our nursing homes, um, to our elderly, please make sure that you're doing that. And you notice I didn't ask you about radar. <laughs> you did not. Um, that's on the I table won't. at the moment, but it's still on everybody's radar, per se, um, <laughs> to take a look at once things return back to normal. Well, let's hope that's sooner rather than later, Linda. Yeah, because he wants to get this going. That's ridiculous. So... <laughs> Linda Slago-Culver, thank you so much for checking in. We really appreciate it. Thanks we do. for uh, standing up as an objective uh, listener. You spend so much time in Harrisburg, even today when we're talking about the pandemic listening. And that is a, a sharp and marked difference than what we see from folks on both sides of the aisles down there. And so we appreciate that. We, we, we see it and we recognize it and we appreciate it. So thank you. Thank you. And stay safe. Have Lynn. a great day. You too. Appreciate Thank that. you. Linda Schlegel-Culver, 108th District. I pushed her across the river there for a short time. Yes, you did. But uh, now we got her back, uh, 108th District, state representative. All right, we will open up the phones so we could take a speedy dialer or two. 1-800-795-9565 our telephone number. That's 1-800-795-9565. We have some emails about the uh, horrendous oversight on the part of the House Republicans and Harris. Not Horrendous oversight. Now, there's an editorial comment. Well, is this an opinion show? <laughs> we well. probably should have told you that before we <laughs> oh, invited okay. you here. Then if I say 12 years ago, you're way off the mark, I'm safe. No. Because it's an opinion. <laughs> we call that Thursday. All right. We'll take a quick break. 1-800-795-9565. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We invite you to uh, call us and to comment about the uh, individual state house member that uh, contracted the coronavirus. And uh, we have a couple of emails that right. re- we relate do, but to that. I- I'm very curious about, and the reason I asked Linda the question, what, what is the responsibility? If, if I go to the doctors and I test positive for coronavirus, and I call you and say, Mark, I can't come in tomorrow, I've tested positive for coronavirus, mm-hmm. what happens after that? I mean, you and I have been within proximity to each other. All right, I've notified you. Must I call everybody who works for Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation? You don't have to do anything else. 
You tell the workplace. You tell. See, now this is these are workplace rules, not state house government exempts themselves from all this. All stuff. right, but I mean, I would think that they should at least follow the what they're asking the rest of us to follow. Right, so you, wouldn't you? Yep. You tell your immediate supervisor, and they tell your pandemic officer. You, businesses that we remain have one open. Here? Yes, and okay. of course it's Kevin Hur. You already talked to him. It was the man in the mask. The man in the mask that I was today. speaking to without a mask. <laughs> right. Well, you weren't because you're at a microphone, but uh, uh, he is and was and is that person. So he and he would have to do the initial internal contact tracing. But there's nothing in these rules that say you have to tell absolutely positively everybody in the whole place. Now, it would, in a small operation like this, like suddenly if we started sanitizing this, this studio, Studio A, it would be obvious to everybody that it's getting a double down cleaning and it's sealed off. And if the window, if we had a window and it were open, uh, it would be obvious to people that that's unusual. So I okay, think but you, you the, would see that. That's the workplace. But what are my responsibilities socially? I may have talked to my neighbor yesterday. Well, Do I have to? Who, who's the one that does this contract? contact tracing to determine who I may have come in contact with. Does my medical professional say, Joe, give me a list of all the people you've spoken to in the last 24 hours or 48 hours? The health department does contact tracing in general. When? Are they going to contact me as the minute I'm can. diagnosed? As soon as they can. And they, so it could be two or three weeks before they actually had time to get to no, me. No, no. They would contact you right away. That's the key is that they contact people who have it immediately. And this this is for lay people. You know, the state house is exempt from this. The first thing they do is make sure that they don't have to comply with these rules. So that's one thing. So they they may have never been contacted well, by the, the state. Well, the, the reason I'm asking is I'd like to know what the norm is to, so that then I can determine can how well they contrast. practice the norm. Normally, the state health department is contacted about this, the positive test. The hospital does that. They, they say, you know, we have uh, a, uh, a, a uh, individual by the initials of J.M. who has come in contact. Uh, he gave us an initial contact of somebody whose uh, first name is Bonnie. You can imagine <laughs> what her relationship is to him. And, and, they, and they start from there, and they... But they would have to know more than just the first names of the people I've come right. in contact they, with. They would have all They're that. They're not going to f- call every mark in the phone book. Did you have contact with Joe M.? But I'm just <laughs> trying to minimize what, what the hospital is going to tell the Department of Health. Right. Just a few things, like the sex, the age, uh, maybe... Um, what else do we find out? Well, that, that's about it. Age, sex, and there's... Uh, Medical history? Contact history? Yes. So, well, just a phone number so they can start the tracing. We'll continue this. This is WDK, okay, Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. 1-800-795-9565 is our toll-free line. We invite you to call that. We're going to do some brief news headlines. Then we would invite you to be on the radio. Talk about uh, the state representative, Lewis, who of Dauphin County, who we're glad to say is fully recovered from COVID-19, but it was a closely held secret within the Republican uh, caucus. So some folks... Oh. Wait a minute. Happy now, about there that. you go editorializing again. 
It, was it wasn't a, a closely held secret. It, that's why I'm asking what the criteria was. <laughs> okay. If they followed the criteria, then it's not a secret. It's like saying the governor withheld secret information about nursing homes that had COVID patients in until the Republicans forced him to bring it out. On the market. That's not fair either. <laughs> On the market at KOK.com is our email address. If you'd like to set Joe straight, I have no idea what's gotten into his head today. But nonetheless, uh, we'll uh, we'll let uh, callers and emailers uh, let us know what the reality is. On the market at KOK.com. Text us at 70236, our toll-free line open, 1-800-795-9565, and uh, we invite you to avail yourself of that. Of course, the topic of the day, a state lawmaker in Harrisburg said Wednesday that he did test positive for COVID-19 and spent the better part of the past two weeks in isolation. Representative Andrew Lewis of Dauphin County said in a statement that other members and staff he was in contact with also self-isolated. Isolated. Lewis said he kept his positive test a secret out of consideration for his family and others who may have been exposed. Now let me pause there and step out of the AP version. AP's using the word secret that is not in quotes, so he may not have used the word secret, even though he said that probably he, didn't. He probably said, "I'm keeping my positive test private," knowing the AP out of consideration for his family and others who may have been exposed. Anyway, back to the AP. He said uh, he had a fever for a day back on or about the 12th and a brief cough, but has fully recovered and completed a quarantine period. Representative Russ Diamond, a Republican from Lebanon County who sits directly in front of Lewis in the House chamber, said he was notified of the potential exposure by the Human Resources Department a week later. So there's one of your answers. Uh, notified by the Human Resources Department a week later, shortly after testifying in a legislative committee. Uh, Diamond said he also isolated himself then for two weeks from the date of his exposure to Lewis, which goes back to the 14th. Uh, Diamond said two others with seats near Lewis were also notified Diamond said he has not experienced any symptoms. House Democrats reacted to the news with outrage, saying Republicans had hid Lewis' diagnosis from them. Representative Brian Sims of Philadelphia had a profane diatribe from his legislative office uh, on Facebook. What is it, about a 10-minute? Uh, about 9 or 10 minutes. 9 or yeah. 10 minutes. Okay, here's an excerpt. If you took out it. the cursing, it would probably be down to 3. <laughs> okay. <laughs> not quite that bad. <laughs> but in any event, yeah, it uses the F word and uh, the BS word occasionally, including in this cut. Of course, we've beeped it out, but it does have profanity in it that's beeped out, so here you go. Holy shit, exposing all of us up here to this crap while covering up, covering up what was going on while simultaneously telling people, telling families that it was safe to be outside, that it was safe to be interacting with other people while you were testing positive, while you were quarantining the people around you, while you were doing contact tracing and not notifying a single Democratic member who has to show up here every single day for this crap. You can link to his remarks on WDKOK's Facebook page or WDKOK.com. In some other headlines briefly, uh, only six, we're glad to say, few numbers, six new COVID cases have been confirmed in the Valley, uh, five of which are in Northumberland County. That brings their total to 182. Snyder County's had one new case, bringing their total to 39. Snyder County has had one death. Uh, That was reported uh, about uh, six weeks ago. Northumberland County 
has had three deaths attributed to it. Union County, which is uh, not going to go to green anytime soon, has no new cases reported. Uh, the county remains at 56 cases. Montour County has had 50 cases. Uh, for the green phase, the governor came out with some additional instructions yesterday. We have uh, some of his remarks at WKOK.com. But he says uh, retail food service businesses, including restaurants and bars, are permitted to provide takeout and delivery as well as limited dine-in service in both indoor and outdoor seating. However, the bar seating may be used if customers are seated. In other words, no standing in the bar at an open restaurant. Uh, and you have to comply with social distancing. <laughs> so everybody at the bar has to be six feet apart. What about attorneys? They're always saying the attorney stands at the bar. Uh, well, <laughs> guess what? Different bar, right? He's going to have to go <laughs> elsewhere. Uh, a maximum of four customers with a common relationship may sit together at the bar while adhering to social distancing. So if you go with four of your family members to a bar, you, you still have to say, so you need 24 four feet of bar just for your family. But anyway, uh, let's see. Now, what sense does that make? They let families sit together in church, but they have to be six feet apart at a bar? They have to adhere <laughs> to social distancing. Well, the, this is ridiculous. I mean, this is just a crazy... So, who's comes into my home and makes sure that I maintain six feet of Not distance? Not at home. No, no, no. This is only at a restaurant. At What's home, the difference? If I'm within two feet of those people at home or a foot of those people at home... <sighs> Joe, do not this makes no sense. Do not j inject common sense into the news. Would you stop, I'm please? I'm sorry. I, 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 I promise I won't do that again. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. We have a call coming in. And let's move on to the yellow phase. Uh, they can begin dine-in service in outdoor seating areas. Uh, indoor areas, including the bars, are still closed except for through traffic. Non-bar seating in outdoor areas may be used. Uh, customers being serviced must be seated at a table. Self-service is prohibited, so no buffets. And condiments on tables must be dispensed by the employees. So if you want a little bit of pepper, you got to get the... Uh, <laughs> pepper is a condiment, right? Yeah, okay. I would think. you got to get the uh, staff, the So I have staff to ask somebody to sh shake salt on my food for me? Mm -hmm. Or ketchup. I, I, you know, I want just the right amount of ketchup on my cheeseburger, so <laughs> this is going to be a pickle. Well, so isn't that bringing these people into closer contact with me? Wouldn't it be better to wipe down the containers after I've used them? Well, they're probably going to be wearing PPE. This is just a little glimpse at the rules. Uh, reusable menus are also prohibited. So uh, you give them a paper menu and they keep it or discard <laughs> it, along with refilling food and beverage containers. So once you get your soda, that's all you get. So you can't, like... I can't get a refill. Nope, not on a cup of coffee. No refilling food or beverage containers. So every time if I went second cup of coffee, they have to bring me a second cup and charge me a second time. Well, I don't know if they'll charge you, but they're going to bring in... It'll come in another cup. Can it be paper? Also, you're not allowed to bring in implements brought in by customers. What would be something you would take into a restaurant and use? Well, I always take my own fork and knife right. and spoon, don't okay. you? <laughs> right, which you've probably stolen from a previous restaurant. I mean, I always assume they wash those things rather thoroughly after I've used them. Oh, Joe. Joe, 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 Joe. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's see. Finally, uh, so we have those. Uh, needless to say, we have those listed at WKOK.com. All right, in some other news, briefly here, a sharp economic recovery is coming to the central Susquehanna Valley. So says Anur Beer Basu of the Sage Policy Group, sharing those observations with the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce. As people walk back outside again to embrace the economy, they'll be facing low interest rates. Their pent-up demand will be high for all kinds of things go to restaurants, see a movie, and engage in other most wonderful of human activities. 
Uh, but currently, Dr. Basu says there is more economic pain to endure, and he says our valley has to open up soon. Otherwise, uh, more local customers will be lost for good. Wise Markets announced that extended hours at their and extending the hours of their Wise to Go online pickup service. So that is our sports recovery. And uh, finally, President Donald Trump is threatening social media companies with new regulations or even shutdown after Twitter added fact checks to two of his tweets. Trump, historically prolific White House tweeter, who's never been burdened by the truth while tweeting, claims that, that in the story, or is that your editorial uh, comment? That's obvious to everyone. I'm uh, asking whether you <laughs> ad libbed that or whether it's written. I put that. That's a common sense statement. That's one of your common sense statements added in by me. Uh, anyway, he claimed that tech giants silence conservative voices. Well, that is probably true, uh, as he often does, uh, I mean, period. As he often does, he turned to his Twitter account to make his threats, claiming his free speech was being impinged upon. Okay. we got open phones. we got some callers waiting. Bobby D., what's cooking? Go right ahead. You're on the mark. Yeah, you know, you two have me rolling in my chair already. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, Joe's right about certain things. I mean, c- common sense things, you know, bring your own fork. I mean, in some uh, businesses, BYOB and all that sort of thing have been going on in that. But, uh, you know, uh, you know, um, you know, coming to a restaurant and then going to church and that, I mean, what's the difference? You're going to be around people. And, of course, in your home, you're around people anyhow. I like that. Also, I, I like that, Bob. Out, I, like that. I like that. BYOF, bring your own fork. <laughs> no, you're not, al- but, you're not uh, allowed. You know, th- uh, I'm going to say thank God we have Linda here because, you know, Linda and Fred Keller and that have are representatives that care about their constituents and go the extra mile for them. Yep. All right, and no argument there. All right, thank you so much. Thank How you. about BYOE? Bring oh, your own everything. Knock it off, jeez. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mike, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, good morning. Uh, I'm often accused of rambling, so... That's what I put in for today. I want to ramble about a couple of things that came across my radar screen. You know, first in the arena of global warming, uh, I found out this week that for the last 60 years on average, the output of the sun, which basically controls our climate here on Earth, has been decreasing. So we've been getting less energy from the sun over the years. And the uh, climatologists and the geologists that look at the historical pattern of rocks and all the stuff in the ground say that we should be heading at this particular point in time into another ice age okay so the energy from the sun's going down and we've approached the time where we should be heading to an ice age so right now i'm thankful that maybe man is doing a little bit of something to warm up our atmosphere to keep us in that uh, ice age from happening so that's the first thing i wanted to ramble about and then the second thing i filled out my uh absentee ballot and, and mailed it the other day and I thought about it a little bit. On the outside of the envelope, it has, you know, my return address, and there's a, a code on there that I could be scanned, I guess, to, you know, say who I am and all that. And I'm listening to the politicians and the people working in the government saying that we need to start counting these ballots before Election Day so that we're not overwhelmed. And, and I got to thinking, what, what happens if during the November election, uh, a month before, we start counting ballots? And basically, that gives the politicians an idea of what the returns look like and what people are voting where. And they can adjust their policies, in other words, where they're advertising, to get out to vote. 
So basically, we don't have a real election. We have a basically a technological competition to see who wins the election. And you know that no matter you know that no matter which party it is, they'll leak the results to their candidate so that they can take some kind of corrective action. Right. And, and the bottom line for me... So you think county, believe, county offices would do that? You, yeah, I, yeah, I think they would. Okay. Oh, my goodness gracious. Are, are, are you... That data is so important. I mean, look at how they covet the, the, uh, the polling data. You know, which polling one is the best? This is a gold standard, and they go by that, and they adjust... And that's why they call homes and spend all the money trying to find out what people are thinking. That data is gold, and that's not going to be kept under lock and key. It's going to get out. I mean, so that's my concern. One of my concerns about uh, absentee balloting, I, I, I think it's, it's a good thing. I, I'm glad that I'm not going to the polling place my particular self in this case. But I just see that uh, the more you open it up, the more you make access to this data that's coming in, I think the less fair the election becomes. And to me, that's the overriding principle. Well, if I may quote the recently uh, pardoned, no, not pardoned, but commuted former governor of Illinois, Rod Blagojevich, this blanken thing is golden. And that's exactly the way I think it would be looked at. Exactly. Well, that's funny, and I have just so, the opposite reaction because I know the people who work in the election offices around here. Well, I'm not saying I, the people around here would do it, but I'm saying there are people who would. All right, well, that I think you could say that about absolutely any crime at all whatsoever. There's people who would kill each other, but, you know, still, we don't have murder widespread within our local counties. Well, let's say I'm a close friend of yours, and you're the election official. I could say, hey, Mark, how's my boy doing? Mm-hmm. What would you say? Uh, drop dead Joe? Or well, what I, would you say, well, the, it's a little shaky right now? Of the election officers that I know, I know the answer to that question. They would never leak anything like that. But you know right. a different group of people than I do. Your friends are shadier than mine. So, <laughs> Plus, you've never been in any of the election offices around here. So, again, you should preface your remarks by saying, well, I've never been to any election office. I don't know the people. But or I do directors. know human nature, and I do know human beings. There would certainly be pressure brought to bear on those people to get that information, whether they could resist it right. or or not would be up to them. Exactly. So expect the worst and then be disappointed if, if, they, <laughs> if they don't fail. You make me sound like I'm condemning election officials, and I'm not. I'm just saying oh. that the temptation would be there. Whether it could be resisted or not, I don't know, but I agree with Mike that it would be a temptation. All right, Mike, we'll let you wrap up. Go right ahead. we got to take a quickie break. Go ahead. Uh, and the final thing about the upcoming November election, I think what we're seeing with the pandemic right now in the blue states the way they're behaving, I think uh, mainly the Democrats are trying to install fear in the people, and they're trying to show the people that Republicans want them to die, Democrats want them to live, and if we just elect all Democrats, the world would be a perfect place, and I think that's the absolute wrong direction to go. History has proven that liberalism over time is not the way to go, and that uh, free market, conservative, uh, action is what got us where we are right now as far as this uh, wonderful country that we live in, and I think we should continue Donald Trump in the future. All right. Thank okay. you so much, Mike. Thanks, Appreciate Mike. the call. 1-800-795-9565. we got three open lines. One is Occupado, and so we're going to expedite the start of a break, but if you want to join the queue, 1-800-795-9565.
When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. 1-800-795-9565. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at WKOK.com. Stan has been patiently waiting. Good morning, sir. You're on the mark. Good morning. Voter fraud, fraud is real. What? Wasn't it just, yeah, just recently in uh, Pennsylvania down in Philly area. They uh, arrested a poll worker that was uh, being paid by the Democrat Party to stuff ballot boxes in favor of the Democrats. Well, that's a that's a crime. Is that a felony? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I say, say that's so. Yeah. So, so don't you know anybody that says voter fraud isn't real mm, needs to pull their hand, head out of their sand. So of I'd all say someplace else, but uh, stand kind words. <laughs> so <laughs> we'd have to cut you off if you actually said that, Stan. <laughs> would you, would you say voter fraud is rampant? Out of control, or virtually non-existent, or very, very minimal. Which of those? In are... certain states, in certain states, I'd say it's rampant. Rampant, okay, but not Pennsylvania, yeah. correct? Well, Pennsylvania and the big cities, mm, not sure. I mean, that's what, they arrested them, and back in what was it twenty? When was it twenty twelve? The Black Panthers are outside the polling places, you know, uh, intimidating voters from coming into the place, uh, okay, and nothing so was done by the Obama administration. So you, you know, say... it, it goes on. So this is probably what, uh, so because of that poll work you just mentioned, plus those Black Panthers, that's probably what, 5% of polling places have some shenanigans of some type? I can't give you a number. All I know is mm. in Pennsylvania, I'm sure there's some. So I, you don't I can't know. give you a number okay. because there's probably no number available because the Democrats in this state fought when the Mr. Mr. President Trump tried to have the Voter Integrity Commission to check into, you know, the number of registered voters in a, in a state to match it up to, you know, legal registered voters and ones that are actually eligible. They, they fought it for some reason. I, I really don't understand why they would have fought something like that if they're so concerned about a fair and equal election. Well, in Harrisburg, they fight about lunch. I mean, it's... No, 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 no. This was the Secretary of State. It wasn't nothing to do with the legislature. It was the Secretary of State and the governor. They fought it. So we got a long way to go before we have. I don't understand why. We have a long way to go before we have clean and clean and green elections in Pennsylvania, right? Well, I think in a lot of states, California is a big example. You know, back in 2018, there was six or seven Republicans who were declared winners on on election night, and three three and a half weeks later, they finally found enough votes somewhere that they declared them the loser. You know, if, if, if I. I have a real problem with 100% mail-in vote. I, I, you know that. 
absentee ballots, one thing, but uh, this 100% mail-in voting stuff that everybody just gets sent a ballot because they're on, a, on you know, according to the local registrar's office, they're, they're a registered voter, which they may have moved, may have died, or may have, you know, moved out of the district or whatever. You know, but they still get a. There's a still a ballot in the mail. You know, there's stories coming out that there, these people in certain states are receiving, you know, two, three, four ballots to this to the address they're at. And there's people that they're being addressed haven't lived there in years. So that proves that the voter rules need some checking done. Gotcha. You know, mm-hmm. you know, voter IDs is another you know big part of that. Why are the Democrats so afraid of voter ID? I know they say, well, it's a racist thing because you know, low, you know, what is it? Low expectations of, of people, you know, soft bigotry, low expectation. They don't expect the black folk and, and, and the other minorities to be able to get the voter ID, except those same people need need ID for whatever they do. They go to the bank and a whole bunch of other stuff. They need an ID. So why are they so afraid of it? Good question. Nobody ever explained that. Nobody's ever explained that. All they ever say, it's racist. Well, or they say voter suppression. It's an well, effort to voter suppression. Experiment. This has been asked and answered a thousand times. Yeah, I, no, I it hasn't. I think you haven't been no. listening. <laughs> no, 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 no. All they ever say is it's racist, and it'll disenfranchise minorities the most. Well, that's a bunch of bunk. You know, those same people have IDs to do whatever they need to do. Whether it's go to the bank and open an account, drive, Fly. whatever, they have IDs. <laughs> okay. And the ones that don't, the state can set up a program to get them that idea. But for some reason, the Democrats, every time it's tried, sue and block it. All right, we have a, another. Never explain why. We have another caller waiting, so we'll let you present your last thought on these good topics. Please go right ahead. <laughs> no voter, no voter <laughs> no. fraud needs to happen, and no right. early voting ever, no early counting. And, you know, go to, go to the polls on Election Day unless you're sick or out of the country or out of the state and have gotten the absentee ballot. If you can't make it to the poll, you don't deserve to vote. That's all I'm going to say. Fair Thank enough. Thank you. Gotcha. All right. Thank you so I, much, I've got a very important text here that I'd like oh, to share with you. It okay, says, hold on, Tom. Barry, Three Bobs, Ed and I take offense at Mark's comment that you have shady friends. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you don't trust anyone. My lunch group. (laughs) Right. You don't trust anyone because why don't you trust anyone? I trust people. I just think temptation is certainly, temptation is biblical, is it not? You love your friends, but you know they're way tempted. Okay. Tom, you're on the mark. Thanks for standing by. Go right ahead. Uh, Yeah. Well, uh, since this radio station and uh, these callers, these regular callers that you have were so concerned about Hillary Clinton and the four people that died under her watch. I think we ought to bring up to the forefront here that we are now over 100,000 deaths in the United States from COVID-19. It's expected that there's, they're saying right now, they expect it by August to be up, up over 150,000. Uh, there was a study by Columbia University that if, if Trump would have put uh, mitigation just one week sooner keep people at home just one week sooner there would have been 36,000 less deaths how many fewer deaths would there have been if the governor hadn't put COVID patients back in nursing homes do you have that number Tom 
I don't have that number. But that, that number would certainly subtract from the total, no, too. That number doesn't just, exist. Just one week, just one week. You're, you're trying to mitigate this. I know what you're trying to do. I'm trying, trying to, to say to you this. that it's nobody's this fault. Guy, this guy is responsible for a lot of deaths. And so is the a governor. more than four. So is the governor. Would you, agree, would you agree that Trump is responsible for more than four deaths? No, I wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. I know you wouldn't. Here's one. Well, let me ask. These callers that you have. Let me explain to you. He he is responsible for a lot of deaths. I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody is responsible. I don't think the governor's responsible. I I don't think the governor's responsible. I don't think the president's responsible. I think no one knew how bad this was going to be. No one, even Joe Scarborough, said everybody saw it coming in January. Yet in January, he had a guest that said, "Oh, this isn't going to be much." I mean, nobody can predict a pandemic, how it will act, who it will infect, where it will crop up, where it will abate. I mean, you know, you do the best you can. You make the best decisions you can with the information you have at your hands, and I'm willing to give everybody from Governor Cuomo, Governor Wolf, the President of the United States, uh, a pretty wide berth here because none of us would want to be in that position. Well, and you, uh, uh, Tom just talked about a study uh, that we had, had on the news line earlier this week, one of the women that was involved in the study out of Drexel that said if the shutdowns had happened earlier in urban areas across the country, I think they studied 30 or 40 urban areas, that there would have been hundreds of thousands of fewer deaths. But it is a sliding timeline. Then they say if they had waited a week, there would have been hundreds of thousands of more deaths. So uh, nobody ever accentuates right. the positive for either the president or the governor, say, look at the lives that well, were saved with the shutdown And the governors, the governors wanted to be in charge, and so why don't they bear the responsibility? All right, Tom, go right ahead. Well, that, was, that was nice of you guys to use two of my three minutes. We're we're going to give you another minute. Yeah, you got three minutes left. Uh, There's nobody waiting. You can have an open mic, but we just can't let you offer your thoughts unchallenged. He is responsible for this. He was told in January. He was told in February. He was told in March. He didn't. All he did was close the. All he did was close the. People come from China, but he didn't actually do that because a lot of people still came in. <laughs> people came in the back door from Italy and France and Spain, and he did a terrible job, and he's responsible for a lot of deaths. Just If you guys are going to need these callers, if you're going to be blaming Hillary Clinton for four deaths, which she probably didn't have anything to do with, but if you're going to c- c- get her for four deaths, He's going to be responsible for a lot more than four, whether you like it or not. What if I'm willing to concede Hillary isn't responsible for those four deaths? Does that well, change you, your opinion? You can say it right now, but before you said it, you, you disagreed with No, it. I ask you what would happen. Oh, Hillary, would that Hillary change Clinton, your opinion? Oh, Clinton, you, 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 terrible job, terrible job. You're, you're, making, you're making a false comparison here. You know, those no, four deaths, those four deaths. Somebody doing their job. Hillary, well, do you guys say Hillary Clinton didn't do her job? Four people got killed. How about the governors then? Donald, if you're Trump, gonna... Donald Trump did not do his job. Do hundreds you... of thousands of people killed or dying. Hundreds of thousands? And, and it's going to get more. It's going to make it up into hundreds of thousands, a couple hundred thousand. How about the governors, Tom? What, what responsibility do they have? They wanted to be responsible. You're saying it's all on the president. Nothing's on the governors? It is, because that's where it starts. <laughs> okay. The governors can't. The governors. The governors cannot. Cannot have a uh, 
close the country down. The governors can't say they can close the country. They down. can close their the states down. Do they can close their states down. They could have taken action early if they all saw this coming. Governor Wolf they didn't need didn't the president's have the information that the president had. Don't don't. don't oh come on, you come they on. They they the we all had roughly the same information. We all did. They did not have the information that the that the president had. He was warned in January. He said, "We got this under control, no problem. We have one death, and that's going to soon be taken care of. Then it was five, and that'll soon be down to zero. And then fifteen, and that'll be down to zero. Come on, the guy handled it very poorly because he didn't want to shut the government down because of the economy. He didn't want to because he was thinking about." Winning the election instead of keeping people alive. Oh, Tom, I don't know where to start, but go ahead. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't care where you start. I don't agree, I'm not going to agree with anything you say anyway. Okay. All right, one of our listeners. You start wherever you want. One of our listeners says, Tom, Benghazi was a conscious decision by Hillary and President Obama not to send help because they were covering up their corruption. Because they were too far away. That truth is... Con- <laughs> and this was a conscious decision by Donald Trump oh, to not close the country. So it's not that different. It's the same thing. That truth Donald is... Trump should have closed the country down, <laughs> and he didn't do it. And now we're in the shape that we're in because of his lack of doing his job. All right, we got Thinking you, Tom. about being reelected. He wanted to get reelected, and he didn't care about anything else. Anything else to add? And, of course, Joe, Joe Biden right. is such a paragon of virtue, he would never do anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> 1-800-795-9565. Do as Stan has done. Texas, oh, Stan's uh, text says, Benghazi was a conscious decision by Hillary and President Obama not to send the help because they were covering up their corruption. That truth is why they went after Flynn. He knows where the bodies are buried. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. One of our listeners knows that Joe's been yelling, get off my lawn a lot, <laughs> right before we take the you're break. right. Apparently, I'm not allowed to argue in the program. I, I'm not allowed to offer my opinions, but you are. Well, you're Says, curmudgeon. Joe, give it a rest. Over this pandemic, you have become more and more unhappy with everything, argumentative. It's obvious that your lack of gym time is having an adverse effect on your outlook on life in general, and you seem to be taking it out on poor Mark, and in some cases, your callers. You seem at times to be making mountains out of molehills. My opinion only. You're entitled to it, Dick. You're wrong, but you're entitled to it. All right. (laughs) No, Dick's 100% right. He's very intuitive. That's the guy that picked up on my... Have I picked on you, Mark? Mark. Oh, I'm so sorry. So now I'm poor Mark. What was I from the other caller? Is it Mark uh, is terrible or the lowest or what right was the um, well then you were worthless though. worthless okay <laughs> I, I, well that's self-described all right we'll take a quickie break go uh, line them up folks 1-800-795-9565 we do have some emails and texts we'll get to those asap 1-800-795-9565 When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. Upper right-hand corner, quick. Says, you both know that they don't send ballots through the mail. It's applications. Please tell Stan that for me. You're right, Stan, but then in the end, if you apply for one, they send you the ballot through the mail, which was Stan's point. An absentee ballot. Okay, right. and read the checked-off one, then we'll All get right. the call. Tom really needs to stop watching CNN and MSNBC. You've been lied to for about Trump for over three years by them, and you fall for it. Chris, you're on the mark. we got a caller waiting, so we'll give you four minutes. Go right ahead. Uh, okay, well, first of all, Stan must be have his head in the sand because there's something that is in his eyes that he can't see anything. <laughs> uh, the voter, the, there was no corruption to cover up relative to Benghazi and the and the death. The, they might have been prevented with extra protection, but that had nothing to do with any corruption of any kind at all. So. He doesn't know what he's talking about there, and the Black Panthers and the cases, they they weren't uh, prosecuted because you couldn't find anybody whose vote they prevented from voting. So that's all nonsense, too. Uh, and Tom's not entirely wrong about a lot of it being uh, lack of leadership in the White House. I mean, we did get to be one of the, the, despite a late start in getting the disease, we were one of the, we are the, the worst, one of the worst cases, both percentage-wise and uh, total cases in the world. I saw a very objective uh, documentary over the weekend on CNN about the president's role in this, and it was pretty dismal. Yes, it was visible. He was worried about. He was worried about his election. He was worried about the economy. It wasn't uh, just trying to boost American spirits. He was doing things to prevent the information from coming out, so that r- correct stuff, w- for, for correct decisions, wouldn't be made. I mean, that's that's pretty obvious. And he's he's bungled the testing. He's bungled the masks. He's bungled all sorts of things. And then having the 50 states compete against each other to order masks, driving the price up instead of having the government, federal government make one buy and then distribute them to the states where they're needed, that, that's sheer insanity. It was a complete failure to take leadership on all sorts of levels. And he's still doing it. He now considers himself the major victim of the virus because it's hurting his election chances. That's the kind of attitude he has. That's how he governs all the time. And I think it's pretty plain to see if anybody takes the least objective viewpoint of it. All right, next topic. Uh, Well, that's that's 
those two things those are, are the only okay. things I told up about. So uh, if you want to ask me any questions well, about what you, that or uh, whatever. I'm why why would we ask you a qu- series of questions about false statements? I don't know why we would do that. Oh, come on, Joe. <laughs> I'm well, only kidding. Well, now, I understand. A, that was an opinion, and uh, what, what right. false statements did I make? I, no, I'm, I'm, I'm only pulling your chain, Chris. Uh, okay. But but here here's the well, point. you're good at that, but you aren't good at much. Of, I mean, no, <laughs> I'm just pulling here, here's my here's my point. I don't think that anybody, whether it be a Republican or a Democrat, I've could heard have, you say this before, and I agree with you. All right, so you know, let it, what good does it do to go back? I mean, I, Benghazi is no, dead oh, to me. No, no, I disagree there. Why? It does a lot of good to go back because. Well, I, you didn't let me finish. I, I think okay, eventually we will go back. We will, if we're smart, after this is all over, we will put together some cor- sort of a bipartisan committee or commission that has political leaders, medical leaders, uh, other leaders from society, and they will sit down and they will analyze faithfully and honestly everything that was done, what was known at what point, what should have been done at that time, and hopefully if we're smart as a country, we will learn from it. If we made mistakes, we'll correct them. But I don't see that, you know, saying, well, I I think the governors did it. I think the president did it. I think the mayor of New York did it. I don't think they all did it. I think everybody acted. I can't imagine anybody would set out to deliberately harm the citizens they represent. I don't think they were deliberately harming, but Trump convinces himself that these magic bullets are going to come true. That's what he was talking about, magic bullets. The warm weather is going to destroy it. The vaccine is going to be done in three months. It's imminent, buddy. All right. This magic drug that that uh, one quack doctor had in New York uh, it cured eight patients. Well, you know, eighty percent of the people don't get seriously sick and they recover anyway. So eight patients. All right, we got to we got to move it on, Chris. Nothing. And Reverend Baker was on TV selling a cure for it, with made out of silver. <laughs> thank you so much, Chris. Appreciate so, the call. Thank you. Thank other you. Thank people you. Sorry, sorry, we got to okay, we got to go. We got a caller waiting. Bill, thank you so much for waiting. You're on the mark. How you doing? Good. Mark, Bill. Uh, in the paper this morning, uh, there's two paragraphs I'd like to read, and I'll try to figure out how to decipher it. It said, Wolf said that while the state is calling on residents to continue wearing masks in public, he's counting on business owners to require that patrons wear masks to protect workers and other customers from potential spread of virus. Any business owner has the absolute right to determine what the customer is wearing, he said. We've left it up to the individual businesses to make the decision. No shoes, no shirt, no service. It's an extension of that. So does that say that I must wear a mask when to a store now? The way I interpret that, I do not. It says you do now. You do not. It's up to the store to set a policy. Now, if the store says anybody named Bill has to wear a mask, well then if you want to get in there, you have to wear a mask. Or if they say absolutely positively anybody who comes in our store has to wear a mask, then when you arrive at that door, in a technical sense, that door's locked to you. You're not allowed to shop there because you're not complying with their little rule. Well, let me give you an example. Yesterday I went to Target to pick up a prescription. And they have a sign right out front in the store on a shopping cart that says, you cannot come in this store without a mask. And I was walking through, I noticed two younger girls roaming the cosmetics department with no mask. On my way out, I said something to one of the clerks. I said, there's two young ladies back there not wearing masks. And she said, well, if they have a medical condition, they're not required to. I let it pass, but my next question should have been, did you check to see if they have a medical condition? I don't think they are. But in any event, go ahead, Bill. 
Well, but the other thing is, uh, I'm not I'm not saying all the stores that I've been in, but a lot of them have the original sign that says, "By order of Governor Wolf, you must wear a mask." He's not saying this now in this article. I hate to to disagree, but he's not saying that in this article. Is that green or yellow, or doesn't it make it, is that just a general statement, or does it refer to specifically whether places are in green or in yellow or in red? Uh, But the topic, well, a little bit above it, it says in the green phase, but I don't know about the yellow. That I, I, you know, you guys should correct me, but that, but, and and in the next, the next hour, or the next uh, segment says, no matter of regulation, Wolf said that he thinks employers will take steps to make their workplaces as safe as possible. He's not mandating that they have to do that. Okay. I, I, I don't know if you agree with that, but he's not mandating that. Right. Yeah, a lot of this is urging. When businesses were in the yellow, like this one is, there are a lot of requirements. And because you're a business and you're licensed and so on, we have requirements here with which we're in full adherence. But um, I think in the green, some of that must be relaxed because, you know, it sounds like more like face masks become a lot more optional than required. Yeah, but like I said, I, I you can interpret this a couple different ways, and uh, the way I interpret it, you don't need a need a mask. And I I do apologize because it says green guidance, but you know it doesn't. What's well, and they blend. Well, and plus, well, if, you, if you read on the state's website, it flips back and forth. It sort of has like restaurants in the same category. So, in one thing, you're reading about yellow, and then the next paragraph, it does say now in a green phase, but it flips fast. So, if you're just blending your paragraphs like I do, it would be easy to mix them up. All right, Bill, thank you so yeah, much thanks, for calling Bill, in. Your These, call. And your question is the same as everyone else's. You know, everybody, a lot of people are asking, what do I have to do? What what is it suggested I should do? And then, of course, the biggie, what should I do? One of our texters says, Joe, stores can't ask about medical conditions. Remember HIPAA? Well, if they have a sign outside that says you can't come in, they can at least question the person as to why it is they aren't wearing the mask. Right. And then you could say, what's a medical condition? And then they can say, oh, okay, Okay. what are the specifics of your condition? Well, no, I think at that point you either accept (laughs) what they said or you don't. You ask them to leave the store, right? It's not just because uh, I'm an alpha male conservative and I don't wear to wear a mask. And then we have another text. Which is also a medical condition. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Says, I see Chris's problem with Trump. Trump is an optimist and Chris is a pessimist. All right. (laughs) 1-800-795-9565. We've got open phones. We have at least enough time for one call, maybe two. Call us now. We'd like you to do something else, and that's go on the internet device and check out sunburymotors.com. You can see their entire Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, and pre-owned inventory. Select the perfect vehicle that would suit you in every possible way. Maybe it is a pre-owned vehicle. There's a used Ford Ranger pickup truck down that I was looking at. Uh, it's black. My current truck is black, and I, I'm, I said after a couple months I would probably not get another black one, but this is a pretty nice vehicle, and somebody put a little lift on it. And Well, anyway, back to the Ford ad. It says uh, you can select your perfect vehicle and purchase it right online from your home. This is an opportunity for you to buy a brand-new Ford, Hyundai, Kia, or Lincoln, or a pre-owned vehicle. They've all gone through a 200-point check and are literally in perfect condition. All the dogs were sold off and uh, sent out at the auction. All the dogs were sold off. Yeah, the cars that aren't in good condition. Okay. You okay, buddy? Then they used to call them lemons. 
Uh, I think a lemon is manufactured in that no, manner. Okay. I, uh, it doesn't become. I don't think cars become. So a lemon. a lemon doesn't. Dog doesn't become a lemon, and a lemon doesn't become a dog. No, but if if the previous owner beat it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like they drive Whipped it hard, it. <laughs> like uh, they drive it like like you drive. I would never want to buy one of your pre-owned vehicles. Holy smokes, that thing's been beaten. That that dog's gone off to the auction. Anyway, uh, they don't have any of Joe's cars at the Sunbury Motor. Well, they do once in a while, though. Maybe they do auction yeah. off. We don't know what, where they went. Anyway, they're a premier service provider for all makes of cars and trucks and all sizes of trucks. That's over at the Quick Lane. It's the bottom line here: super service is what you get from the Sunbury Motor Company. Sunbury Motors. Is their website's an opportunity for you to save a lot of money, buy your vehicle online, and uh, most of all, just become another one of the uh, hundreds of thousands of happy customers at Sunbury Motors. Start it out at sunburymotors.com. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show. Go, Joe. Yep, I drew a comparison between President Truman and President Trump that uh, our good caller, Chris, disputed. But one of our uh, good listeners did some research on the exact quotes. And after a bad review for his daughter, Margaret, uh, President Truman wrote, I've just read your lousy review of Margaret's concert, and I've come to the conclusion that you are an eight ulcer man on four ulcer pay. Eight ulcers. Somebody with eight stomach ulcers. (laughs) It seems to me that you are a frustrated old man who wishes he could have been successful. When you write such poppycock as was in the back section of the paper you work for, it shows conclusively that you're off the beam and at least four of your ulcers are at work. Someday I hope to meet you. When that happens, you'll need a new nose, a lot of beefsteak for black eyes, and perhaps a supporter below. Pegler, who is a gutter snipe, is a gentleman alongside you. I hope you will accept that statement as a worse insult than a reflection on your ancestry. And after a railroad labor dispute, he wrote every single one of the strikers and their demo leaders have been living in luxury. Now I want you, who are my comrades in arms, to come with me and eliminate the Lewises, the Whitneys, the Johnstons, the Communist Bridges, all important union officials, by the way, and the Russian senators and representatives. Let's put transportation and production back to work, hang a few traitors, and make our own country safe for democracy. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> makes President Trump milk toast by, by comparison. Uh, Dan, you're on the mark. Go right ahead. you got hey. a minute. Hey, good morning. I had some errands to run yesterday within all within 45 miles of my house. And I was in three places, and none of them required a mask. And it goes to show you if people are saying enough is enough already, even the store owners. If you wanted to put one on, you could. If not... You didn't have to. 
So that's within, I won't give you no hint to who it was because you know what happens is snitch. So, and I didn't complain either. Okay. So that's all I called to say. Well, did you, um, were, were people not wearing them or were people wearing them? Uh, about, I'd say, 60% weren't and 40% were. Huh, that's unusual. I thought in Yellow County, nobody's in green yet until tomorrow. So I thought yeah. in yellow it was mandatory. So, no, nope, whatever. Yep. Okay, All right. you Thanks, guys Dan. have a great one. You too. Thank you so much, Dan. Uh, I'll see you Monday. I'll, yeah. I'll have a whole weekend to practice yelling, get off my lawn between now and then. <laughs> and remember, you'll always be better than Pegler. <laughs> right, whoever, whoever that is. Pegler. All right. Thanks, everybody. This is WDK, OK Sunbury.